I'm Steve Backshaw, and you're listening to the Aussie Wildlife Show. All right, welcome to the Aussie Wildlife Podcast, and as usual, I'm here with Steve. Hey guys. And we're very lucky today to have with us Mr. Steve Batchel. Hey, hello, how are you guys doing? Very well, thank you. And we're backstage at your Deadly 60 Down Under tour. Very happy to be here. We had a bit of a sneak peek. It looks amazing. Well, well, thank you very much. I mean, I've, I've got an awful lot to work with because, uh, let's face it, your wildlife is the best on earth. Well, thank you very much for saying so. And what keeps drawing you back here? Obviously, the wildlife keeps drawing you back here. Yeah, it is. So the kind of programs I've been focusing on over the last 10 years or so have very much been focused on predators. And it, it's not that I guess people have this instant feeling that it's going to be about animals that are dangerous to us as human beings. And that's not the point at all. It's all about animals being dangerous, being deadly in their own world to other animals. And on those terms, Australia is the best place on earth. I mean, you've got the most venomous snakes, the most venomous spiders, the most venomous octopus, snail, you know, it it just goes, the list goes on and on Why did I come here? (laughs) (laughs) We've even got a venomous uh, marsupial. Yes, you have. Well, hang on, hang on. The male platypus. Monotrim, I beg your pardon. Platypus, yeah, 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 egg-laying. So, you travel all over the world, you get to see a lot of places. When you have a holiday... When I have a holiday, and it's very infrequently, I haven't had one uh, this year at all, last year at all rather, and I probably won't get one this year either, I do exactly the same things as I get to do on camera. So I'll I'll go away, particularly with my my wife, we'll go away kayaking, we'll go away uh, looking for snakes and diving, free diving, all those kind of things. You know, I'm so lucky that my passion is also my job. Fantastic. And we talked earlier about um, what we do for a living. We, we go around and talk to kids about the environment and kids often want to share with us things that they've learnt and they often pop their hand up and they'll tell us some random fact to it about wildlife and we'll be blown away like, how did you learn that? And they'll often say, nine out of ten times, in fact, deadly 60. I mean, there's a lot of school teachers out there doing a great job, but here you are doing what you love and influencing so many kids. How, how does that make you feel? It, it, it's amazing. And it was a real learning experience as well. I think when I first started getting into kids' television, I had a, a preconception of what that would be. And I think a lot of other people do too. You know, you imagine that kids' television, you're going to have to dumb it down for the kids. Couldn't be less true. Um, kids will take on far more factual content than adults ever will. They learn every single day in school. They're not intimidated by learning. They're not intimidated by not knowing stuff. And you can just absolutely hammer them with facts and they they soak it in, they soak it up. And I do find it amazing to have the scientific names of animals regurgitated back to me along with, you know, their estimated longevity and their gestation period. And I'll just go, what? I've been studying for 40 years to learn that and you're six. How on earth can you manage it? But but kids are just, you know, they're, they're brilliant when it comes particularly to factual content about animals. Fantastic. Now, a lot of listeners may not be aware that your first love was writing and you've got a few books out there, and not just kids' books. Um, you've got a few books about your, your adventures, your experiences, and you've come close to death a couple of times, I believe. Is that correct? I have, very, very rarely from animals. I mean, there have been the, the occasional times when I, I feel like I've had a close call, but the times that I have been closest to death have always been from human beings. People are so much more scary, so much more unpredictable than animals could ever be. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've been uh, I've been caught in riots where there's been 
bullets flying around my ears been held up at gunpoint um at, but the closest i came was a was a rock climbing accident i had a, a really nasty rock climbing fall and i broke my back in two places and destroyed my ankle it, it took a lot to get me back up and and running again um and that was all purely down to my own stupidity <laughs> well we're, we're glad you did get back up and running again and, and here you are today um a couple of quick ones mate just to finish us off here did you grow up with animals around you and like did you have pets or things like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, very much so. So I, I was I grew up in the south of England on a small holding, so we had mostly rescue animals. Uh we had donkeys and geese and chickens and peacocks and horses and all that kind of stuff. Um and while the domestic animals were the my my sister's fascination I was always much more intrigued by the wildlife. So I was always out wandering, catching snakes in the compost heap and looking for beetles <laughs> and worms. And that was, you know, my absolute fascination from uh, as, as, as soon as I could walk, I was out looking for animals. And, you know, my parents just said that that was my thing. That was the thing that made me happy from knee high. So mums and dads, don't worry. It might turn out okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, but probably you came across the English adult, which must have <laughs> worried you a little bit at that point. No, because the first time I saw one, I, I had no real idea that it was, that it was venomous, and, and it was just, oh my goodness, it's a snake! That's amazing! <laughs> and a stunning snake. Yeah, yeah, and they are absolutely mm. beautiful. And, and, you know, particularly, you know, you have here in this country a herpetofauna that, that rivals anywhere on the planet. Um, we only have three species of snake in the UK, but to us, they are, they're very precious. They're very special. Yeah. And for me, especially, because an adder was the first snake I ever got bitten by. Me too. Oh, really? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Didn't do that much, so that was, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, what is one of the scariest wildlife encounters that you've had? It's usually with big mammals. So, uh, as you guys will know, you know, if you're working with the most venomous snake, the most venomous scorpion or spider, and things get a little bit hairy, then you yep. just walk away. It's yep. that easy. Back off. If you're working with a big male elephant in must, or with uh, hippos or cape buffalo, you can't. They're faster than you are. They can go everywhere you can, you know, the, even you can't even climb a tree faster than they can get to you. Wow. Um, and hippos. Hippos are, are far and away the most frightening animal to, to be anywhere around. Um, and I've had a couple of experiences with hippos where, you know, at the end, I've looked at the cameraman and gone, wow, we were, we were it was a toss of the coin whether we lived or died there. And uh, one in particular was where we were, we were scuba diving with crocodiles in, uh, in Botswana in uh, Southern Africa. And we'd been filming these crocodiles for about, I don't know, seven or eight days underwater. And it had been really, really exciting. And then we swam into this one particular pool and there were these craters running down the bottom of it. And I just turned around to the cameraman and went, these look like the footprints of a hippo. And to see one underwater would be catastrophic. And then I just saw his eyes just go into saucers. And this hippo came out of the gloom and got to within probably two meters of us. And... um, there was just that moment where where we were kind of all frozen going well there's nothing we can do about this you know we, we are basically hoping that this animal doesn't react badly and luckily i think it was just as stunned as we were to, to have seen these scuba divers and and it it hesitated just long enough long enough for us to peg it out of the water but that was a close call wow steve final question 
What would your advice be to anyone listening that wants to make a positive difference in the world? The best question. Yeah, that is that is the best question. I think it's about knowing that you can make a difference. That's that's the first and foremost thing. I think so many of the world's conservation problems seem to us to be so big. They seem to be way too big in scale yep. for us to take on. You know, you look at climate change and you look at all the things that are affecting that and, yep. and reef bleaching, and it just seems to be something that is too big for, for something as small as a single person to do anything about. But I have to tell people that that is not true. One person can make a difference. And to the youngsters out there, I, I would say, you know, something as simple as, you know, helping your friends to, to get their heads around the whole idea of recycling and litter and what they do with, with their plastic and their waste. It may seem small, but that can start to have a knock-on effect that can affect their parents and their friends, their parents, and, and eventually your whole community. And you can make that change on your own. And nothing is more empowering, particularly for a young person, to know that they have power, that they have the strength to change the world around them. So I would say, you know, have a big voice, shout, make a difference, and I will be there cheering you on. I love it. Love your enthusiasm. Amazing answer. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have to give credit to Steve Crawford. That was his question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, thanks for bringing some much-needed attention to our wildlife, and we really appreciate your time today, mate. And I'm really, really chuffed to be on the road with you guys, and thank you very much for, for helping me out. So we're here post-interview with Steve Bakshaw, which was a great interview. Wasn't it? Great guy. He was. He's just in person, like he is when he's being interviewed or when he's on his shows. And I agree, yep. I, I mean, just the time that he gave us, my thoughts when we first went there was he was possibly going to be surrounded by a lot of people, wouldn't really want to speak to us because he's a bit of a superstar, but it was so, so different to that. He just, he was interested in us, everything that went on. So, yeah. And he was generally interested to see the animals. I mean, the guy works with animals, sees animals all the time. And when, you know, we met him, the producer said, Steve, would you like to come and see the animals? And he was like, yeah, straddle over it. So, straight yeah. in there, hands and, on. And really excited about coming and seeing the animals. It was just, you know. And he was asking us questions about the animals. Well, I remember after our first warm-up performance, he came in and, yeah, like, like, yeah, Steve came in and just started asking us, you know, was what was that like? Was there any way that, you know, you think I can improve it? Anything you think I can do? Except he was asking us our thoughts on what he was doing. You, you, it wasn't yeah. really a lot we could add to it because it was so bloody good. So. You were pretty blunt with him, though. Oh, I, should have, yeah. I shouldn't have been so blunt. Yeah, but it's Change your name for starters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not every day you get to hang out with someone famous, and I think he handled himself quite well being with us. <laughs> <laughs> I, agree. Uh, I hope he enjoys that yeah <laughs> no but it was a great show he, he fielded questions at the end it was really cool to see him give the kids that that bit of himself he didn't have to do it and he but the best thing i thought was he stayed around afterwards and the kids that had bought merchandise he stood there and met every single one of them and there was some pretty I don't know, besotted adults there that wanted to meet Steve Batchelor as well, getting autographs and photographs, and he, and he, and he had a very tight schedule. And but he yeah, gave. he literally spent, I would say, at least an hour every time outside After with all people. After all his shows, yeah, yeah just, all around the country doing it. So, mm. yeah, that no, was good. Good guy, good to work with him. Yeah, I enjoyed that. 
I, I enjoyed everything about it. I enjoyed working like the, the sound guys and the production guys were awesome. Yeah, it was just across the board was just great. I noticed that he surrounded himself with people he enjoyed being with. And I guess you're yes. spending a lot of time together. Some, some of the tour, they were living in a bus. So you'd have to be around people, not only people that are good at their jobs, but yeah. people that you want to, you know, spend that yeah. kind of time with. Yep. Yeah, I think ours was the first leg of his tour, so he didn't have that. But yeah, the rest of it, like you say, he was actually in a big tour bus, which was, which looks really cool. <laughs> kind of wish I was in that tour bus as well. <laughs> Would have been a good fun to travel around Australia with that. You car. are such a bachelor fanboy, Stephen. I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's twenty years. 20 years I've known of Steve Baxchel. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's great. He's done some amazing nature programs, etc. So, yeah, he's, he is great. Yes. He started off as a humble wildlife presenter, going around the schools like the rest <coughs> of us, talking about the environment. So, is, 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 uh, so the way that he started, is that how your path's going to start? Your <laughs> when I grow up, I'm going to be Steve Baxchel. Um, <laughs> no, my part, I have a faith for podcasting. Yes, you have, yeah. So um, do you, do you want to talk about the, the, the elephant in the room, so to speak, about us having a um, venomous oh. marsupial? Oh, God. I, I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah, venom. I meant marsupial. I, sorry, fuck. <laughs> again. I meant monotreme. We have the platypus. The uh, males have venomous spurs. The females do too, but they lose them when they're young. So apparently... To be envenomated by a platypus is quite excruciating. I've never endured that. I've worked with platypus, but I've never been envenomated by a platypus. I'm happy to say, but no, I've seen people interviewed and apparently it's it's no joke. Oh, well, imagine so. But, but what you're telling me now is that isn't a venomous marsupial. Not in Australia. In Australia, no. Not in Australia or even in the world for that matter. But we're heading to Borneo next month and there is a venomous mammal there called the slow loris i can't wait it's gonna be good it's gonna be good we're hopefully hooking up some cool interviews while we're over there it's not easy emailing it's, borneo it's not no, hopefully we get some replies <laughs> yeah, that's true <laughs> it all takes it all takes time just getting back to the interview steve you revealed that you were bitten i mean so was steve batchel but you were bitten by an english adder is that what it was English it, adder? it was the english uh, or european adder um yeah, it's uh, widespread in Western Europe and, and, and that. It's a stunning little snake. Uh, yeah, so I was bitten by one and um, didn't really, uh, from memory, I got a little bit sleepy maybe. Uh, are yeah. they capable of killing? Yes, I, I think there's there's been a few deaths from, from the death. I, I guess it's a, the same thing. Like, you know, it's, I, I think it's, the, you know, it's a very similar venom to the Australian adders, just not anywhere near as strong. So, yeah, it, it's, it's good stuff, but it's more like how you're going to react to that venom as to whether it's going to hurt you. I think Steve Backshaw had a bit more of a reaction to it. I think it made him quite sick, but me, it didn't. So I don't know whether that was a, a, a dry bite or I just didn't have a reaction. I didn't really have like swelling or, or anything. So not really sure, but a stunning adder. How old were you when you were bitten, mate? I reckon I was probably eight or nine years old. Did you tell your mum? Did you get in trouble? Oh, no. No way. Oh, God. No. It was the same time. I shouldn't talk about things like this, but blimey. It's the same time as when we used to take little lizards out of the wild and put them in sandwich boxes in our garage and things like that. Very early age. 
not great. Would never do it now. Would never suggest to anyone doing it. <laughs> but one of those little baby lizards had babies once. Oh, you're a proud stunning. dad. I did always release them back. So that's a, a good bit, but not a great story to start <laughs> with. How about you, Adrian? Have you been bitten by anything like that? Uh, a brown snake bit me on the boot once when I was on a field survey. But How's your boot? Yeah, he lived. He, had oh. a, he actually had a thing in him. Oh. Fang in him, yeah, you've got to be careful. No, no, no not, not anything venomous. I haven't worked too much with venomous snakes. I didn't really catch snakes when I was a kid. I used to catch lizards too. We had a reptile pit at home. We used to keep them in there, and then one day we found out that, oh, you need a permit to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so again, you shouldn't do it, but it's hard, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, as kids, when you are, you know, that way inclined to want to be involved in nature and you want to take it home with you, you want to, you get excited. Absolutely. And I, I wouldn't be as interested in nature now if it weren't for those days of, of doing that. You know, it worries me now, concerns me now, that, you know, people... Kids sitting at their computers and things when they could be back in our day, they, yeah, they could be poaching <laughs> reptiles. Back in our day, we would be out, you know, going swimming in rivers and yeah, looking at animals and it's, shooting it's true, the thing. Yeah, um, I shouldn't joke about poaching reptiles, of course, but yeah, no, quite right, mm. quite right. It, it is often how you get introduced to it. I mean, it's a theme that keeps coming back when we when we talk to guests on this show. Is you've got to show them the wilderness, the animal, the environment for them to care, for them to take notice. Absolutely, but there's definitely a generation that's coming through now that didn't get out and didn't do that kind of stuff. But I think that there's there's a lot of info out there and a lot of people are getting out and doing more now. So I think it will follow with another generation that possibly get out there more. I, I think hope. so, yeah. Put a premium on the natural areas because there are not as many of them anymore. It's the reason we do what we do. That's why we do you know, the podcast to a certain extent is for us to learn but also to get the knowledge out to other people and hopefully get other people interested in nature and the environment. I mean, even Steve Baxchel's final answer like on, on the podcast, just an amazing answer to not a bad question from me, um, <laughs> is, uh, you know, it, it's inspiring. You know, even since then, I've done things like I'm sitting here with my big two-litre blue bottle that I now fill with water rather than going and buying plastic water bottles constantly, which I've always known was bad, but um, I don't know, just probably uh, a bit lazy to actually change my ways. But I've done that now. I've got a coffee cup that I use for my coffee now. I don't get in the, um, the takeaway coffee cups. I'll take my cup in with it. Just small things like that, which is pretty much everything that Steve's saying, that we're saying, you know, do tiny things and they will add up. You know, if everyone did it. At one point, I always used to think, yeah, but if I don't, if I get those takeaway cups, like, I'm not making a difference. It's just me. But thankfully, not everyone has that attitude. And I've now changed that attitude too. So we we all need to do just a small amount, at least, preferably more than just a small amount, but even just those small things. Well, like Steve Batchel said, you can make a difference. Mm. I mean, he was, you know, speaking about empowerment, you know, yep. empower people, they can make a difference. Yeah, you can. You can absolutely make a big difference. Yeah. So. yeah. And, and just literally things like me now going to work each day with my coffee cup now that I use, that I constantly use the same coffee cup, plastic coffee cup. People at work are seeing that now and, and it's made them think like, yeah, okay, well, we also buy a disposable cup with our coffee every morning that we throw in the bin. So, you know, just just me doing that small thing 
and I've seen other people actually change the way they're doing it as well. So, And I've seen awesome. some coffee shops too offer incentives. So if you bring in your own cup, yes. you save 10%. Yes. The, 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 the place where I use quite a lot um, in Blackwood, they give me 50 cents off, which is a big amount really just for that cup because that disposable cup would only cost them probably five or 10 cents. But as an incentive, they actually give me 50 cents off my coffee. Yes, every little helps. Yeah, it does. It does help. It does. It truly help. does. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Steve Batchel as much as we enjoyed doing it, especially Steve. I loved it. It was just amazing to meet him. Great guy. We hope to have him on again. We might be catching up with him again next year. We'll talk more about that. Thanks. So, yeah, sorry you've had to listen to us. Um, waffle on. <laughs> waffle on for just to, to fatten it out a bit. But yeah. um, Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.